The following podcast may be explicit. It may contain references to and examples of bodily functions. It may also contain infantile humor and profane language. It may also contain some useful information about the tabletop RPG hobby. If you find any of these things offensive, stop listening now. What you should not do is give us a bad review on iTunes because you do not like one of these things. Thank you, and enjoy the show. And he's a laser-printed hero, and if things turn out his way, he'll be stuck with these psychopaths and live to murder another day. His companions are suggesting to hit a bank on their way home, and if he lands in jail again, well, that's just how the story goes. You're listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon and beer. Thank you for joining us for season. We're fucked. I know. Thank you for joining us for season fourteen, episode eleven of Happy Jacks Podcast. Twelve. 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 You're right. Twelve. My name is Stu. This is Tyler. I'm Tim. It's just the three of us today. The the Bogards actually have a gig that I was not able to make because I had to work today. That's why we're recording at uh, three. What is it now? Three thirty. Yeah, almost a half hour late getting on. So. Thank you for those of you in the chat room, and thank you for your patience for waiting for us for the half hour while we, while I got our shit together. I got my shit together. And uh, if you would like to listen to the show live, you can do so by going to happyjacks.org slash live. And starting next week with our next show, we're going to be recording back on Friday nights again, and we do 8.30 or is it 8? I don't remember. Oh. 8 or 8.30? I think, I think the schedule said 8. Okay, 8 p.m., on on Friday nights, and it's going to be that way, and probably until June at least. Sweet, um, I have a new excuse to not go to yoga. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I actually, my yoga teacher started a yoga class early on Saturday, so I could make it and then do the podcast. Nice. It is eight yes. o'clock. It is eight o'clock. Okay, yeah. so eight, 8 p.m. Pacific time, and that's at uh, HappyJacks.org/live on Friday nights, and that's starting next week. So, and if you don't like to email the show, we love emails because that's our content. Uh, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. It's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at happyjacksrpg, all one word. You can also follow me, SR Venable, on Twitter, and you're Simeon Rex. Simeon Rex, S I M I A N R E X. And then, do you, what's your Twitter? Do you want to have Twitter followers? Like Twitter I am Tim. I am Tim, all one word. All one word. I and if you don't, Tim. follow the genuine stork. Oh yeah, you should because follow that the genuine story. The best account on Twitter. <laughs> it is hashtagging like a boss. I was going to say I heard he hashtags really well. Yes, he does. Hashtag yeah. at the end. Hashtag yes. at like the end. Boss. That's what I've heard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. Um, so our our topic for this episode and um, our topic for this episode uh, came from our forum. And if you have not gone on our forum, you should go to on our forum. It's at happyjacks.org/forum and. Uh, on there, Legion TJ suggested something in our uh, suggest a topic sub forum. How do you make big monsters into an encounter that the PCs will never forget? For instance, let's say a dragon. I feel if you don't run them right, it really it really can really be a letdown with treasure. 
I want mine to be something awesome. I want the players to have to pull out every bit of themselves and their characters to win. From the bit of themselves and their characters to win. So, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. How do you come up with, how do you turn that big set-piece fight with the dragon or with the demon lord? I mean, those are specifically kind of D&D things, but there's other things, too. The giant robot. Whatever it might be, what what sort of things do you do to make that a memorable fight and really make it uh, the set piece that it deserves to be? You know, because it's at that point it's really the climax of your game, right? That's the your denouement, right? Right. Yeah. So, as, I, good. I was just gonna say, as a GM, that's not my strong point. Uh, but what I can say is, never make it be a surprise. If right. you're going Let up the against know they're about right. what they're going to fight. If you're going up against a big bad monster, it's the dragon, it's the demon, it's the you know the 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 lich or whatever. Your players should know that that's coming, and they should have known for quite some time. You should have been and dropping they hints know because that's what and, they're pursuing. Right, because that's it, exactly yeah. Make it a goal, for right? The players, you know, um, personal investment is huge. Yeah, maybe <coughs> maybe have the monster. You know, if it's a dragon, maybe it it burned <coughs> one of their villages to the ground. Maybe it killed all of their parents. Okay, make them hate the char- the monster that they're about to fight, rather than just you know it's a big red lizard that's guarding some treasure. Right, right. If there's a personal investment, they will feel satisfied when they kill it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, one of the things that someone said, <clears throat> uh, I think it was hour eleven on the forum. And this is certainly indicative of, of boss fights in D&D. It is a trade of two hit rolls whittling down each other's hit points. And yours gets whittled down slower than the bad guys. And you've won. And I cannot think of a more boring way to run a combat. Right. Yeah. yeah. So when you're in a situation like that, <clears throat> where you've got... Like, I mean, in, in, in 5th edition D&D, the scale of hit points is not as huge as it was in, say, 4th, when you had monsters with four digits of hit points. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but they get up into the hundreds, certainly. What can you do when you're actually in the fight itself? And then th- this is kind of D&D-centric, but what can you do <coughs> to mix things up and to make it so that it's not... A trading of two hit rolls and a tabulation of hit points. I mean, it should, clearly it's always going to be that on a certain level, but it has to be more than that. How, how do you? How would you make it more than that? I don't think it should ever be that. If this is your big bad monster and it's your climax, you need to be playing that thing as intelligently as you play one Absolutely. of your characters in another game. Okay. So it should never be just... I hit, I hit, I hit, I hit, I hit. Yeah. You should be doing no, all kinds no of actual other stuff. fight right. happens like that. Right. With people just standing there, taking turns, punching each other in the face. Right. And, right. and you know, 5E has some stuff built into that with the... Um, layer, the layer actions. actions? Layer oh my actions. god, I love layer actions. Yeah, so you can set up your big bad monster in the layer, and it has specific things it can do that affect that layer environment. Layer actions are for, their more, for the more <coughs> iconic monsters, or monsters that would have a lair, mm-hmm. like dragons and things like that, they get a lair action. Okay. And the lair action, lair action happens on initiative 20. Mm-hmm. Always. <laughs> Regardless of what the actual monster's in action is, it gets a lair action on 20. 
and uh, it can be things like oh, the dragon stomps on the ground and rocks fall from the ceiling. Yeah, okay. he opens up fissures in the ground. It it involves the environment more than it than just two sets of character sheets. You know. Okay. And it it <coughs> it change it can really change the 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 battlefield mm-hmm. a lot and. You know, suddenly your all your tactical decisions have to change. You have to be worried about how do we avoid the lava now? Yeah, right. while still fighting the dragon and defending from the dragon and things like that. Um, <coughs> making them memorable, though, even before you get to that encounter, D and D five E has added a really great feature in that uh, once, at least with dragons, because this is what I was I was looking them up for my. Oh, thank uh, you. That's going to be tasty with the wine. It will be. It'll be awesome. <laughs> um, I was looking these up for the, one of my con games. Dragons change the landscape around them. Mm-hmm. So within a mile of its lair, all the water is toxic. Right. Because of sulfur. Mm-hmm. If it's a red dragon. Okay. Uh, within five or six miles, there's little earthquakes all the time. Because mm-hmm. it's moving around right. and thrashing. It, it changes yeah. the environment, so it's like, oh, shit. Players will eventually learn... That those things are indicators of dragons. So if they're like, we're going to go hunt dragons, <clears throat> great. You find out where people are saying, oh, there's been all these little earthquakes lately. Mm-hmm. And things like that. And the water tastes like shit. Is that in the DMG or is that in the... That's monster in manual? the Monster Manual. Monster it manual. is. Yeah. I haven't in read each, the dragons yet. Each okay. uh, entry for the, the, the monsters, some have lair actions and, and environmental things that are just really cool. It's actually also in the... Um, the free basic DMs. Oh, it's a download. It's, okay. it's very small, and they mention yeah. it, but they say you can have layer actions where this happens, and mm-hmm. I think they give a sample or two. But it's actually in those too. Yeah, I actually didn't get to the dragon fight in my game mm-hmm. because the hobgoblins were fucking the players up so bad. It was really impressive. Really? Yeah. Well, that was the that was also <coughs> the game where where a lot of the abilities that the characters had weren't being used to their full. Ah, capability. Mm-hmm. But that was also where we discovered how disgusting stacking up certain spells can be. Like what? Um, Bill used uh, like Sleet Storm, which made an entire area difficult terrain, and he made sure it hit all the monsters. And then at the start of their turn, they had to make a saving throw, and if they d- failed it, they fell down. They were prone. Oof. Now, getting up takes half your speed. So once you do that, and then you, they were only able to move one square at a time if they were knocked prone, because they'd have 15 feet left, and each square cost them 10 feet, so they couldn't move into another square. And then the druid runs up and is like, entangling roots. Oh. So make your deck save. Now make your strength save. You're at disadvantage for both of those, by the way. Entangling roots on a prone target. Yes, it was brutal. <laughs> Basically, all I got to do for like six rounds was make saving throws. <laughs> Luckily, the players were rolling like shit to hit them. <laughs> but the fight went on way too long, and we never didn't have enough time to get to the dragon, and it would have killed all of them if I had. Yeah. You know, the one thing that I always forgot, forgot when I, I haven't actually had a, uh, I haven't had a, a um, a dragon in a in a game in decades. They fly. Yep. And forget, totally ignore that that fact, and that makes them incredibly powerful. Right. Oh, yeah. Especially if the player characters don't. I'm getting my oh. ass kicked. I'm gonna leave. Right. Yeah. And that's <laughs> and that goes back to my first point: is 
if your big bad monster is getting its ass kicked, it's not just going, it shouldn't at least, keep fighting right. blindly. It should now go, oh shit, I'm getting my ass kicked. There, I need to do something different. There are certain right. NPCs that I think would fight to the death, but many of them, if they are a, a true bad guy, once they start getting their ass kicked, they're just going to get the fuck out. Yeah, they're going to bail. Come come back and beat the shit out of these little upstarts right. later. Basically, <clears throat> if if in that situation, if I'm playing a dragon and my players are starting to kill it, it's going to leave. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah. And then it's going to be super pissed that it lost its horde. So it's yep. going to amass a new horde and then spend all of it trying to kill those PCs. It's going to leave, it's going to, uh, you know, collapse the tunnel behind it and hopefully collapse what's left of its layer on top of them. And if it doesn't, then yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be looking for revenge. I think I'd play my dragon to be more of a dick and I would collapse the tunnels <laughs> just past the PCs so they can't get to the treasure that they know is there. <laughs> or even better, they can get to the treasure, but they're trapped in there with it. But yeah, yeah. And then I'd throw in a magic item that produced all the food and water they needed. So they could survive in there, but they just could not so get So they're out. just stuck, they're they just stuck in out. there. Oh, plus being in proximity to Dragon's Treasure. Oh, you're immortal now. So you're going to be stuck in there literally forever. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun with that. So for what are you going to make for your new characters for the rest of the game outside of the Dragon's Lair? <laughs> <clears throat> all right. Uh, and they let- say, oh, we're going to go dig them out. No, that's metagaming. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> That would be awesome. I need to do something here to try to fix the feed because they can't hear. The- oh shit! <coughs> I want my wine. Uh, take this. They can't hear what? They can't hear the show. Take oh. this and plug it into the headphone jack on one of those. Turn it all the way down first for me. Uh, one. I'm gonna pause. Okay, I'm gonna no. pause the recording for a second. Okay. <laughs> and of course, I did that years ago. I thought okay, you were gonna say back. the same setting you used to record is the same setting, the same keystroke you used to delete everything. <laughs> <laughs> There's still a 30-second delay. Okay, we're, the show has started up again. Um, I, I, I've, um, I have changed over computer, computer recording computers, so I'm still in the process of trying to make everything work the way it's supposed to work. So, where were we? We were talking about <laughs> the big bad monsters. The big bad monsters. Um, it's a shame the people who are listening live won't hear that for a bit, but well, it was can, a really good conversation. It was. It was, it was awesome. Just amazing. You will amazing. Have, you will have to <laughs> come back and listen to down. the podcast when it's... when it's. Yeah, would you mind turning mine down just a little bit, too? It's a little loud. I'm four. Four. Yeah. Uh, That's good. Thank you. All right. So I think we kind of... I think we pretty much covered what we were going to cover. In that, Player we? investment. Player investment. Expand it beyond expand the, the character sheets. Make them make tactical... I suddenly just could not make words come out of my mouth. Make the players make tactical, and your your monsters make strong tactical decisions. Yes, mm-hmm. your monsters have to be and smart. Play and them it, smart, and it should not be a surprise. They should know it's right. coming. Right, and, and turning and away from. I mean, to to speak on that that part of it a little bit. Um, one of the ways they might know it's coming is because well maybe the, the if the, he's a big bad monster like a dragon he might have a cult or something so he's got followers who might soften you up and you can really kind of as a GM kind of I think when it's the, when it's the big bad guy I think it's it's okay to like pull out the stops and really munchkin out on all of the shit that mm-hmm. that fucks with them um, 
if they've got daily powers, put them in situations where they're tempted to use them. Maybe, right. Maybe maybe they maybe they'll decide. Well, let's let's go ahead and just not use them. Yeah, we're going to go in with fewer hit points, or we're going to lose some healing surges, or whatever whatever the mechanics are. But you put get, make them make those decisions as they're going along, and then don't give them time for the long rest. Right, right, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, we're gonna we can't, no. You're in the middle of the. There's guys on you right now. Well, it's like it's like in the ultimate game. I'm I'm amazed we had time for a rest. Well, that I had already like, decided that, that this is this spoilers because this episode. I don't out? remember. I don't know. The what guy had already. Out. The guy heard what was going on, and he's not an idiot, so he just left. See that was, that was a strong <laughs> tag. You said you're not good at tactics. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! There's three orcs out there. <clears throat> See ya. Right. Well, yeah. Once he hears the the first. The first ogre die. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so, all right. Um, should we go on the first email? Now, these emails are long because people have forgotten what a short email. One more thing I wanted to say about the the big oh, bads. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you really want to up the intensity of it, mm-hmm. just beat the shit out of your players beforehand with a bunch of NPCs and have yeah. the, have the thing show up and make the and make the PCs run. Yeah, make oh, them flee a fight because nothing pisses off a PC more than having resent. to run from a fight. They that's will get why all you resenty. Yeah, that's they'll, why they'll, you do things like the cult of the dragon. You have the dragon's cultists go out and just right hammer just, the PCs for hours, and then the dragon him. shows up after all of his cultists are dead, and he's like, "All right, well, it's time for me to just breathe fire on you." And if somebody insists on fighting at that point, you know, knock him down and mm-hmm. let them know this guy will fuck you up. Right. And if they continue to push it, then you kill one. Right. Mm-hmm. Kill whoever is stupid. But All yeah, right. I think that that ups the the player investment. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, if you're big bad, if you're going to play him smart, don't play him until the the end of his uh, end of his hit points. If he looks at the fight, if he's smart, like dragons are supposed to be very smart creatures, and he stops and says, "You know what." This is a fight of attrition, and I don't think I have as much going for me as they do. As soon as he realizes that, he's going to fucking leave. Yep. Yes, yep, maybe yep. he'll leave his treasure hoard behind. That's why most of my NPCs have teleport. <laughs> there you go. Right. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll read the first one. This is uh, Passive Player Problems, the triple P from Jeremy. Thanks for the great. Thanks for having a great podcast. Uh, Tyler is distorted. Hold on a second. Let me fix it. <coughs> Tyler, which mic are you? That's just my voice. Okay, I'm going to turn Tyler. Yeah, down he's distorted. That should fix him. Let me know if that fixed it. Is that better? They yeah, say I yes, but I, I I think there's a delay. Okay. Uh, so maybe it was already <coughs> fixed, and you just unfixed it. I maybe just now they're going to say hey, he's too quiet. Uh, <laughs> thanks for having a great podcast. I love to listen to the actual plays and listening live. And you guys and gals are great. And blah blah blah. Okay, moving on. First a horror story, and it's a bit long. So during D and D fourth edition days, I was doing a lot of GMing, introducing a new story. That's GMing fourth ed, <laughs> <laughs> introducing new players as often as I could, but I rarely got a chance to play. I could, I should preface that I live in a relatively small city that, despite a large geek presence, lacks in very much tabletop gaming love. However, a nearby comic shop was hosting D and D encounters, the fourth edition open games. So some friends and I whipped up characters and headed down to the comic shop. After waiting around for nearly an hour, other D&Ders finally started entering the store, but I noticed they seemed to share inside jokes and barely look in our direction. 
Within ten minutes, they've set up a table and began playing without even inviting <coughs> myself and my friends and one other outsider who came to play. They had a full group, and it was obvious they didn't want to deal with us. And after asking a comic, the comic shop owners, they said they didn't have another dungeon master for us, and the other group was full. They offered uh, that we could use the resources if one of us wanted to run the game. So guess who eventually volunteered to run the game? I'm going to guess it was the writer of the email. That's right. I still didn't get to play. Ouch. You're not missing much. It was fourth edition. Yeah, that's uh, true. But the, <laughs> it was fourth edition encounters. Yeah. So it was uh, RPGA just, characters. It's just fights. But the, isn't it just fights? Is it I have no just idea. Fights? I don't know. I reached out to somebody at Watsi back when they first came out, and we talked about them on the show, and I never got a response. Really? Yeah. That guy has since been fired from Watsi, though, so <laughs> who knows? There you go. That's what you get when you cross us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All you people at Watsi, remember that. We get people fired over there. We do. I'm pretty sure bad social media decisions is what got that guy fired. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> Stream stopped. Oh, you guys got to be kidding me. Um, where was I? Still getting to play. But this is just the beginning of the story. The next week comes around, and this time I am determined to play in a game, not run one. We were promised a better experience by the owners and showed up. This time, with a full group of five players, characters in hand, again, we are brushed aside by the house group and ignored. But another outsider, a different one from last week. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm tur- making the chat room go away because they're distracting me because they're saying that the stream is stopping and it's not. Um... Well, then someone else says, oh, I can hear it fine. Okay, right. No, you're wrong. It's not. <laughs> Knock it off. It's fine. Tell them to try turning their computer off and on again. <laughs> try restart, try again. <laughs> Is it plugged in? <laughs> <laughs> Did you put the headphones on? Are the headphones on Are your ears? headphones on your ears? <laughs> Is the volume turned up? But another outsider, a different one from this week, had come out, and despite saying he had no DMing experience and very little <laughs> experience with the 4th edition rules, offered to be the Dungeon Master. What could go wrong with that? Right! <laughs> So we sit down. I don't know. This might be unfair to characterize as a horror story. Some guy who's going to run a game he's never seen before. Never. Never. I don't know. Uh, so we sit down to play a game that is honestly nothing but a big fight. There we go. Okay. Yeah, right. I feel I should note our party of five consisted of two healing-based characters and a, pa- and a paladin, which is also a healing-based character. Yeah. Uh, because after a grueling hour and a half combat, we found ourselves with two characters dead. Two on the ground making death saving throws, and one hiding in a corner from the last enemy remaining, a human guard. Every healing ability we possessed was used, and our lone survivor, a scion, shot the equivalent of mine bullets at the remaining human guard from afar in an attempt to stay alive. The human guard, who I should note was guarding a door, decided to flee from his guard duty to an elevator we had used to descend into the crevice where we fought. Firstly, the guard takes the elevator up 20 feet, and the DM proceeds to ask us, ask, who who all is still making saving throws? My friend and I reply that we are, and the guard then spends his turns shooting a crossbow at our unconscious bodies oh. until we tell him we're dead. At this point, the guard has almost been picked off by, a mind, by the mind bullet firing scion, so the DM asks the player 
what the range on his power is. He replies, 50 feet. At which point, the guard u- then uses the elevator to go oh, up to oh, 55 oh, oh. feet from the ground. <laughs> At this point, the scion cowers behind enough cover to not be seen by the human guard so that the fight cannot continue until he comes back down. So the guard does the only sensible thing and takes the elevator to the top and breaks off the lever so that n- it can no longer be used, trapping the scion and his dead friends in the fr- friends in the crevice, trapped next to the door that the guard was guarding and fled from. I later found out we had all died because the DM was using the attack bonus as the damage bonus, <laughs> which effectively gave the human guards the capability to one-shot most of the party about 75% of the time since we were all level one. The cherry on top was the DM ended the game by saying, that was fun, I had a lot of fun DMing. <laughs> Apparently, unaware that one of the players had gotten up to leave the table out of frustration earlier on. <clears throat> wow. All, all I can say is, after hearing everybody talk about D&D 4, now that D&D 5 is out, I'm so happy oh, that yeah. When D&D 4 went out, I said, hey, wh- what's all this old school stuff? I think I'm just going to go back and play first edition now, because that's yeah, more fun. Don't touch 4E. It was unnecessary. I have the three core books, and they're sitting on my shelf, where they've been sitting on my shelf since I bought them when they came out. <laughs> so when, when the 5E books started coming out, I took a lot of my old game books. I took my 3.5 books, and I took my 4th ed books down to Game Empire to trade them in so I could not have to pay money to get the new books. And I get there. And the guy says, all right, we're going to... He says, we're not taking any more 4th edition books. No, he says, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we, we will make you an offer. And, he, and it's a stack. And the stack probably had 15, 16 books in it. Mm-hmm. More than half were 4 e-books. So he hits, sets those aside and then pulls out all the 3, 5 books and goes, these are the good books. <laughs> and basically, the, the six, five, uh, 3.5 books were worth twice what the like, 9 4 e-books were. Yeah. I have. Uh, it doesn't matter. I use I use my fourth edition books to hold up the to to stop the the casters on the bottom of my bed from ruining my carpet. <laughs> Go look! I'm not kidding. That <laughs> used up five of them because <laughs> it's played, a king. So there's one. Uh, one I played one four e game ever, and it was the night I showed up. Right, and Stork fucked us. Uh, and it, it was it was four hours of combat. Right. Oh, it was it was terrible. One combat, which one combat, we could, one combat we four could have hours. completely controlled between the like the tanking type characters and the 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 striking characters we had. But Stork ran down two other tunnels and drew out more monsters. Right. So instead of fighting them one at a time, we fought them four at once. Oh my god! They were fighting. I think Garistros. Demons. This this DM really reminds me of the the D and D episode of Community, where at the end Pierce goes, "I won Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> and it was advanced." <laughs> this GM definitely won. Yeah, yeah, he He's won. Like, he he went into this thinking it's me against them, and I have to win. Yeah. Right, right. Because he had no DM experience. Right. So if he's like, it's a game. You win games. I don't blame the DM. No, you're, you're you're right, Stu. I don't think this is a, a horror story. You've got the guy who's obviously going, 
well, his range is 50. I'll just go to 55. Right. But he's never run before. So how can you say, well, you're being an idiot. Don't. I mean, you can say, don't do that next time. But you, I don't know that you can call that a horror story. That's just... That's just... It is pretty funny. It's funny. <laughs> funny. Very funny. If he continues doing it, then then send us more emails about yeah. it. Absolutely. But, and, and you got to play. You got to play. Yeah, you yeah. got to play, so don't shut up. <laughs> That's right, so shut up. You can't complain. You were a player. <laughs> Stop your whining. Beggars, choosers. As for, as for my question, I still run a lot of games, and I've noticed my, my normal group of players are usually passive when presented with a scenario. I fear I might be doing something wrong to push them into the action. As an example, we are running D&D 5 pre-made Horde of the Dragon Queen. The adventure starts with the players approaching a town only to see pillars of smoke and flames in the small village. I explain the scenario and then sitting, sit staring at blank faces in dead silence for a few moments. The const, I, and constantly find myself saying out loud, well, what do you want to do? Before receiving any kind of reaction from the players. <clears throat> this, seems to be ha- this seems to happen a lot in my games, and I wonder if I'm framing the action wrong. Should I need to constantly break the narrative and verbally hand the baton off to the players to convince them that it's time to start playing after a narrative description. I also end up having NPCs that are nearby asking, well, what are we going to do? To keep the players focused on doing things instead of sitting and thinking. To be clear on my question, should the GM always ask the players to react to the narrative, or is there a way I can run my games without asking, what do you do 10 or 15 times a night? Any tips would be appreciated, once again, thanks for a great podcast, Jeremy from Huntsville, Alabama. P- passive players. So this is this is kind of hard when you're running uh, a, a pre-made like Horror of the Dragon Queen. But do they really have any incentive to go run into the burning town and find out what's going on? Yes, they absolutely do. Or, or is They're it just heroes? I, I was going to say, or is it just here's the noose, put your neck in it? Yeah, <laughs> I mean that really that's what any <laughs> plot hook is. Oh, I just think that in but, yeah, they, they do because they're heroes and they might be able to help. Okay, but you're, you're I no, I, I completely see your point. Even a hero is going to be like, well, that that's a burning village. Yep, sure is. <laughs> I would love just to watch that. <laughs> that's a burning village. Let's left turn. Well, it, I I don't know Horde of the Dragon Queen, but. If that's the introduction, like, hey, you're walking down the road. I keep turning away from the mic. I'm sorry. It's all right. Like, I, I, I go to look at Tyler and I keep saying, but if the introduction is, okay, so you've got your characters made and you're walking down a road and suddenly up ahead you see smoke coming from a burning village. What do you do? That is a really abrupt start to an adventure. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I right. can't see where I would be like, ha-ha, I will go and put the flames out myself. I'd... You know, okay. oh, maybe well, they're relying well, maybe, on you having a paladin in the party. Now, now let's <laughs> let's say you, Tim, not you, character. Sure. Know that you're sitting down and you're going to be playing Horde of the Dragon Queen, a pre-made adventure that this mm-hmm. GM is going to be running. And he says, "Okay, you guys, ready to start? Okay, you're walking down the town, da, 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 and there's a fire, and the town, the town you're you're headed to, you see pillars of smoke coming out of it, and you hear screaming." Well, I'm going to hypocrisize myself right now because I, as a Tim Huntley, as a player, would say. We must go investigate this because <laughs> because this is what we do. But 
we can't say that about his players here. The, that's, the, that's, they may all be new players. You know who, that's I, possible. That's possible. <laughs> I actually says, love the GM response of when they throw a plot hook out there and you immediately go investigate it and they go, oh, I didn't think you would go investigate the giant tower that just rose out of the sea overnight. Right, Tim? <laughs> oh, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> what was that? Shut up. Tell me about uh, it. I want to hear game it. Tim ran, um, there was like... Was no, hold on. Hold, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on here. <laughs> Let me set the stage for this. This was my goddamn game. Hang on. From a player's point of view, <laughs> this is what happened. We built a town. Yeah, built a town. We built That's a right. town. And like as players, as collaborative, they built a town. Built a okay. town. All right. A- actually, well, no, actually, as they they were given a land grant to a town that was and ruined, a town. and they rebuilt as it. As characters went and built a town. Right. Yes. Okay. And and then these fish did you people built it on rock and roll. We did. <laughs> we built we this. Built city. It, we built it on rock and roll and love. And, right. and apparently bears. Oh, there were so many bears because Bruce was. Bruce a, was like all of Bruce was, like, was we yet have to have again. a park with bears in it. And if anybody fucks the bears, they die. That that was yeah. Like that's really brutal. And I'm the guy who broke a tax collector's fingers. <laughs> There's a good lad. Um, <laughs> I but, nicked the census taker last week. <laughs> <laughs> so we found this down, and then we, we get attacked by these fish people from the sea nearby. Mm-hmm. And we broker a truce with them. And then a few months go by, right? Yes. And there's an earthquake one night. Yes, big earthquake. And the next day, <laughs> there's a giant tower that has risen from the sea. Big green a obelisk big green, looking. A big green tower made out of the same, looks like made out of the same stone that some weird abelisk statues we'd seen before were made out of. Okay. Yeah. Like a giant Dagon spire. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, dude, right See, there. Tim knows. Uh, That's it. Tim knows what's Okay. All right. So, of course, we go to investigate. Oh, you wouldn't do that. We went to investigate because clearly they were th- a threat now. Well, sure. And then we, we had there's this massive encounter that I thought we could have taken. So, here's, okay, here's where Tyler's wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wasn't concerned that they went to investigate. I wouldn't have put a green Dagon Spire in the damn game if they weren't supposed to go investigate it. Right. When they investigated and found an army... Of fish people under the water, all lined up in military style, uh, you know, boom, 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 sure, boom. Yeah, yeah. Ready to then, march on the town. Right? Well, no, just they were doing like military exercises and shit, okay. you know, whatever. Calisthenics. Then they decide to attack the army. Five of them oh. decide to attack the army. That's what I was like, wow, I didn't expect that. Well, we didn't know there was an army when we attacked. You did? I no, we did not. No, we did not. We attacked some fishmen and then got dragged down to a point where we could see inside the spire. And you're like, oh, yeah, there's tons more in there. We're like, huh. I was still under the impression that we could take them. Everyone else was like, no, we need to run. Bunch of bitches. <laughs> well, you should have stayed and fought. Did we should have stayed and fought. Yeah. We could have killed them all. <laughs> because Tim's not great at scaling. No, Tim's not, not great at scheming. So passive players. Yeah. So we. Sorry, derailed. Now, I've had this one of the one of the early times that I went back and and just tried my hand at running RPGs again after I did for many many years. I took a break for like five or six years and I said I want to run a game, and I had three very very passive. <coughs> I ran exactly one session, and then I ran because <laughs> they these were the. There are passive players and there are proactive players, right? There are reactive players and there are players who won't even react. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
Yes. I had three of them in the same table, and that was all Just I had. that wouldn't react? Didn't do anything. So when, when you said the, so, what do you guys want to do? They just like... Literally silence. Literally silence. I ran. I said, I'm not, I'm not doing this. <laughs> this is terrible. I've done a terrible <laughs> Fuck it, I'm going home. mistake. <laughs> I wait, no, I, I ran the game. <clears throat> Virtually nothing happened that wasn't literally spoon-fed to them. And uh, I never ran a second session of it. That feels like a game that a, a group of players that would rather play a board game than an RPG. Yeah. These were all RPGers. Really? Yeah. That, all of them. They were not how did RPGers. All right. You got to have some. <clears throat> but the thing is, I didn't have any wrench throwers. I didn't have any like sort of thespian kind of players. None, nothing like that. You don't really have to be one of those players to to do things, though. You don't have to be a wrench thrower. You have to be like, oh, that's a clue. Let's go follow it. Even if you just tell the GM, I do this. This is what I do. I'm going to do this other thing now. Rather right. than role-playing it out. You don't... That's weird. I yes. Don't... It was a nightmare. Um, so, my suggestion is, it may not It may not be you. It might be your audience. Which I, is something I very rarely say. Right. That's something I very rarely say. But I do think there are times when... You, I think it's important for a GM to always engage in introspection all the time. And, and, and if something doesn't go well, look to yourself first and see, is there something I'm doing wrong? Is there something I'm doing wrong? But if you have given the players a compelling scenario... Now, in the case of this, yes, maybe you have more advanced sort of role players who are used to playing games with people who are going to say... Or with, with GMs who are going to say... Oh, I, I need your character backstories. I need to know who your family is. Da, da, da. And then they will craft these adventures so that you know it, it integrates your backstory and you know the the NPCs that would normally be in the the pre-made NPCs that would normally be in the in the pre-gen adventure have been replaced with people you know from your background that you have personal investment. In. Maybe they're waiting for that kind of a thing to happen. There, those GMs are rare, incredibly. Right, so I, I would say, it you know, where you see GMs it. like that, LARPs, and then they burn out. I bet. Yeah, <laughs> I bet they do. Because everybody in a LARP wants personal story. Yeah. Sure. Oh yeah. Or vampire, just in general. Yeah, I've never pl- I never played tabletop vampire. Really? Ever? Yeah. Ever? I, you never played? No, games? sorry, that's not true. I played it once, and it was Dark Ages, but I um. I don't know. After after playing that in a LARP, I don't. Where you had a like forty players, fifty players, up to a, even like some games, sixty, seventy players. Sure. I can't imagine sitting down with five people around a table and playing that game, unless you're all playing like the same clan, or you're a coterie. You, you or make it coterie like based, yeah. And it, it, I think it works out better on a table. I tried LARPing once; it wasn't for me. It's not for everyone. No, it was not for me. Tell us about, t- uh, what, what embarrassing thing happened that makes you never want to go back. Don't oh, share with us. Did okay, well, you in the swimsuit area? <laughs> <Did> they <laughs> they break touched the no me where my rules? bathing suit covered. <laughs> so, a long time ago, I was running an online uh, Vampire the Masquerade game, and it had like it had like uh, you know sixty players. It was forum based. Okay, and uh, some of the people were like, "You should come out and do the LARP. You you really should." I was like, ah, "I don't know, LARPing, you know." <laughs> 
all of a sudden the geek hierarchy came into mind, and you know, right. I, I'm like here LARPers and, and are at the bottom, and Larpers down here. I was like, ah, yeah, I'm over. You're here, here and they're here. no, that no, that's exactly right. <laughs> but I, but I was on top. You know, I was, I was above. So I was like, ah, I don't know. But, but eventually they talked me into it. So we go. <clears throat> excuse me. We go out to this park in in Orange, uh, just this little park, and it's like ten o'clock p.m. on a Saturday night because we're playing vampires. We're playing anarchs. <laughs> It's an Anarch game, so we're playing Anarchs. You're playing Anarchs in Orange. In Orange, yeah. Orange County Anarchs. <laughs> Dude, what's up, bruh? <laughs> so, but but I started getting really into it. I was, I was listening. They had a good story going, and I uh, the, the character I came up with was a, a transplant from New York. His name was Danny. And I cultivated this accent, you know, he was Danny and everything, because I figured we're LARPing, you know? So I got to do the whole thing, so I'm Danny. I'm Danny. I'm from Danny from New York. I come out here to Orange County, you know? So I'm thinking, okay, this is kind of cool, right? And we get there, and we start doing the LARP, and I'm kind of into it, because I grew up doing theater and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, this is cool, I'm Danny, and there's all these people out here, and there's all these, okay, this is cool. And then a car full of jocks drove by and went, nerd! <laughs> <laughs> and he ran home. No, no, no. So, so <laughs> here's his pillow and cried. <laughs> so, so here's what happened, and I'll, I'll make this short, because this totally has nothing to do with anything we're talking about. Go ahead. Here's what happens. The storyteller walks up to me, and he says, hey, Danny. I said, yeah, what's up? He said, I need you to make a vision chop. I said, okay. I'm, I said, oh, ooh. I put my little hand up to show the out of character. I was like, I'm, I'm new to the LARP. What does that mean? He says, well, it's, it's just like on tabletop. You're going to make a perception roll, but you're going to do a vision chop. I was like, okay, what's the mechanic? He says, we play rock, paper, scissors. Oh, yeah, I hate that. Okay. I said, what? Yeah. He says, yeah, we play rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. And I was like, oh, all of a sudden, Danny melted away, and I was Tim in a park. Playing, playing rock, paper, scissors with a bunch of adults at 10 o'clock at night with a, yeah, with a dude in touch. So I'm like, oh, God, all right, okay, fine. So you're like, okay, ready? And he does rock, paper, scissors, and I go, and this won't translate over the radio, but just like real subtle, like, all right, and then just put it down over here, you know, on my side. It's like, yeah, okay, fine. So I did this like little minimal thing because I was starting to get embarrassed now. And he says, okay, so see those two people over there? I'm like, yeah, Danny's gone now. Danny's gone. And now it's embarrassed Tim. <laughs> Danny, Danny took off. He's like, fucking, I'm out of here. You know, I, this is not for me. So he says, see those two people over there? I said, the two people standing there looking exceedingly bored. He says, yeah, the girl is on the ground and the guy is kicking her face in. <laughs> and I said, so the girl on the ground is getting her face kicked in by the dude who's standing there looking bored. Yeah, that's it. What are you going to do? I'm just going to watch. And he walked away, <laughs> and, and at that moment, I realized that here I was, uh, uh, I don't remember how old I was, but like late 30, early 40s-year-old guy playing rock, paper, scissors with a bunch of dudes in trench coats in a park in Orange at 10 o'clock at night, and I have never felt so ashamed. So I started LARPing when I was 15, so that mm-hmm. wouldn't have bothered me, that part of it, because it, it was also my, some of my first exposure to role-playing games. Was the LARP? Was it in your bedroom? No, it, <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was downtown Santa Cruz. Our game was called Santa Carla by Night. It's a Lost Boys reference. I think I might know some of the people you do. Who played in that. You do. I know. We've talked about this before. Oh, it's okay. Okay, yeah. right. Um, and that was how I started. And years after I was into that, I, I start. We started there, and then I started. I joined the Werewolf the Apocalypse game. And then I became a narrator for that game, and then I took did, over that game. <laughs> did you 
Did you dress up as a werewolf when no, you did no, the no, one? No, 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 no. We there, you, there were we had pretty strict rules about costuming that you couldn't have like makeup and stuff like uh. that um, because we played in you know, we played in downtown Santa Cruz. Okay. Uh, Wait, like like downtown, like like at the mall, like downtown, like downtown. Yeah, like downtown Santa Cruz. <laughs> the werewolf game was mostly in a like a parking garage that was da- also downtown, but. Um, and then I, I joined like a, a boffer LARP Nero, okay, mm-hmm. where you don't play in public, and you know and that was you know adult years, and that's much better because you're you're not in public and no one's going to drive by and go nerds. That's the one where you have the the foam weapons and yeah. you can actually like beat the crap you out of each other. Actually, have to yeah. physically fight people. Those are fun. Um, I never LARPed those, but we you know bought a whole bunch of the weapons and we'd get really drunk on Saturday nights and just go out in the front yard and beat the crap out of each other. And that oh, I fun. wish, I wish, I wish a lot. Uh, Nero became Alliance, and I wish they weren't so insurance paranoid, and we could actually drink at these events. So oh. much more fun. No, we just we just <laughs> went and, and we got the uh, what was it called? It was the IFGS. Uh, yeah, the they international. Just, they they uh, uh, Benji Mike Hall just yeah. helped reopen a chapter of that. Oh, right. Oh, we, really? Yeah, we went and got the rule book Him for and, that. Um, <clears throat> Anita. Okay, we went and got the rule book for that, and we. Used those rules and just would beat the crap out of each other. It was fun. And then the next morning we'd be hungover and sore. I haven't I haven't played <clears> in <throat> years at this point, like three or four years. And actually, the last time I went was during a run of Southern, mm-hmm. and I was dating Kate. And I got back from the weekend, and she's like, "Oh my god, I'm really, really sorry." I'm like, "What are you sorry for?" She goes, "I got drunk and told Jack you were LARPing." And I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he told everyone. I'm like, the fuck do I care? All those people are at the Renaissance Fair. <laughs> yeah, that is a LARP is without a- character sheets. Yeah. That is the amber diceless RPG of LARPing. It kind of is. <laughs> See someone needs to someone who can draw needs to do the hierarchy of nerds. And you have to have like good geometry skills because you have to make it look like every class thinks that there's a class underneath them. But there's really not. But there really isn't. They're, they're all at the bottom. <laughs> they're all at the bottom. Like Ren Fair people think they're better than right. reenactors. Re- Civil War like reenactors. Civil reenactors right. who think they're better than Boffer LARPers. Right. So, you know, it's who think they're, but, but, but you know, the, the Civil War reenactors think they're better than SCA people who think they're better than Boffer LARPers because yep. they use real weapon. Mm-hmm. They use real weapon. <laughs> they use real armor and rattan and they actually hit each other. I, all right. It would just be one of those circle charts, you know? Yes. Oh yeah, I could do it, it that way. He thinks they're better than, and then you get down to the very bottom, and it's like fan fiction writers who put themselves into the story think they're better than <laughs> everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was on the original, the original, um, uh, the original hierarchy of geeks. The bottom rung was fan fiction writers who put themselves into the story, but it's like slash fiction where Kirk is some weird sort of ocelot or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was the bottom. All right. Uh, who wants to read the email from Weasel Culture? I'll do that. All right. Unless you want to, Tyler? No. Uh, I do get called out in it, so you read it and I'll respond. Oh, okay. Brad. <coughs> Drink from Weasel Creature. Drink again. Hello, Bill and the Jack and Apes. Everyone says hello, Stu, first, but I'm giving my love to Bill. I bet you are. Uh, He's not even here to receive he's not it. here. Nope. I only recently began lis- I only recently started listening, which is strange as I'm outside circle friends with Bill. Oh, circle friends. Circle friends. <laughs> One of those. All right. 
It's uh, back in the days when we were roommates. <laughs> I'm outside circle friends with Bill, used to game with Engie back in high school. That's hysterical. And have met, even if extremely briefly, many of the Boggards. I've been gaming He's since I was... cred. He is. He's, yes. Yeah, geek cred. I've been gaming since I was seven-ish, 1980 or so, and I am even a tabletop wargamer. Suck it, Tyler. <laughs> I, I, actually, I, I just want to say, yeah, suck it, Tyler. <laughs> Tim. <laughs> Tim. 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 <laughs> Why don't you... you know, okay. <laughs> I put that on the floor. We have to, I have to, we have to expand and talk, talk about Go this ahead. Th- right. This is one of the examples of don't drink, don't get this, drunk at the yeah, gaming table. Yeah. Bruce... Right, Bruce, of course. Bruce, this night will live in infamy. Um, the game was dragging a little bit, and Drew's Bruce... I can't talk Drew, right now. Drew's was brunk. Bruce. Drew's brunk a little. Yeah. Filled the lulls with alcohol. With lots and lots was of mics playing or running? Huh? I was, was running. Playing. Tim was, was running. I was running. And, and I'm trying to keep the game Tim going. Tim is trying to keep the game going. Valiantly. his little heart. <laughs> trying so hard to keep this game on track. And Bruce, like, is getting up and just wandering away from the table. And he comes back, and Tim is like... For the running the same round of combat for like an hour, because <laughs> I'm like, oh, and Tim is trying. He's like, okay, Tim has decided he's just going to ignore Bruce for the time yep. being because Bruce is just being like a hyperactive child. Yeah, right. he was. Oh my! So God, he's turning he to other people and asking them what they're doing, and mm-hmm. Bruce goes, Tim, 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 and I'm just ignoring Tim. him. Just I'm Tim. not. I'm not paying Tim. attention. <laughs> Tim, not paying. So finally, I say, Tim. yes, Bruce. Why don't you suck it raw? <laughs> 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 he phrased it like it was an actual question. Like, like he really actual, wanted like, to know why <laughs> Tim did not, in fact, suck it raw. And, and then Bruce went out, laid on the lawn, and let Piper let crumble Piper up crumble crackers, crackers into his, his mouth. <laughs> but the game, the game just kind of stopped right there. I just went. At that point, uh, we were done, <laughs> and we just we just rolled up the game there. I guess you have to know Bruce. He genuinely wanted to know <laughs> why. Why don't you suck don't it I raw? suck it raw? What the fuck is wrong with you? Um, I think I, I'm getting called out here because. Uh, let me. Can I finish? Yeah, read the. Can, next let sentence. me finish this paragraph so I can finish calling you up, and I'm going to read from the start of the paragraph so I get to say it again. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I've been gaming since I was seven-ish, 1980 or so, and I am even a tabletop war gamer. Suck it, Tyler. At least I think it was Tyler who went off on them on a recent show I listened to. Otherwise, suck it, whoever that was. I prefer RPGs, though, and I prefer the RP of RPGs, somewhat important for my question below. Your rebuttal, sir. I have no problem with Wargamers. I think the time, the only times I go off on Wargamers is when I talk about the one time I got my wife to go into the game store with me. Yeah. It was a Warhammer 40k tournament day. They're mm. different kinds of Wargamers. They're their and own their They own stunk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. I have no problems with Wargamers who bathe. Right. <laughs> I used to be a Wargamer. I played War Machine and Warhammer 40k. Well, you you stank when you played 40K. I, I probably, well, you know what? I played it one time. Hey, don't talk about his gaming abilities like that. <laughs> I literally played Warhammer 40K one time. And, and then, he hadn't had a shower in a week. And it was right after I had taken a shower, actually, because it was at, at Jack's place, and we just had a... But did a you shit yourself party. on the way there? <laughs> I was like, wait, got to get in the character. <laughs> there we go. Let's do this. <clears throat> so, see, I like the, I like the old... Uh, they're probably not even around anymore, but when I used to play... We, we called it Suspender Row. In the, the, in the song, the, the Game Con song, uh-huh. they don't even do this anymore. All the, when, I, when I used to go to Game Cons, when they were, when, <laughs> Suspender Row, down in, in Orange County, because the, the Strategic Con, Cons used to be in Orange County, right? Yeah. 
Dude, that was a long time ago. Yeah, it was like 79, yeah. 80, 81. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I was a kid. My parents had to go take us there, and we couldn't afford a room, so we slept in the movie room, and they'd come <laughs> in and, hey, you can't sleep in here. So we'd go to the lobby. Hey, you, you can't, can't sleep, sleep here. here. <laughs> but I managed to get three or four hours over the course of being kicked out of various places. I found a hallway on a floor, and like in a little alcove in the room, and it's like, everyone's asleep? I got and I got a couple hours there. <laughs> I was like fifteen. See, I always maybe. thought that's that's when you schedule the the boring games at a con is for your sleep time, right? Right. Oh, that game looks boring. I'm gonna sleep during that one. Right. But <laughs> um, but they had th- those guys that played the like the Civil War miniatures games yeah. are the ones with the little t- the little, little tiny. tiny ones and they're meticulously painted and they're on these little there's racks like thousands like, of them for a, a site oh. and they and they put like a couple of ping pong ball tables together and it's it's insane but every one of them not everyone most of them the uniform was a button down shirt long sleeve some kind of striped pattern of some kind suspenders and it's buttoned up Pocket protectors, horn rims, they all worked at Bell Labs or something like that, right? <laughs> that's, that's the era we're talking about. We're talking about late 70s, early 80s. But I think those guys are gone now. But those motherfuckers could shout and fill a room with their loud, mm-hmm. nerdy voices. And when they get into a, a a shouting match with each other, and they would it would happen. You'd go by their room and you'd see them there. <laughs> And, and and they would sit there shouting at each other, with their, with their awkward voices. And, but it's like, and that was, I mean, that that was like, those are like, those are like grandpa nerds, right? Yeah, but th- that, they're kind of gone now, though. I don't know why I brought that up. Suspender row. <laughs> I think you brought it up just so you could do your, which was great. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, okay, so. My current game of choice is the Iron Kingdoms. Oh, such a good setting. My wife and I love the depth of the setting, and they recently redid their system to their own mechanic. It originally was shoehorned into D20 OGL when the company was just starting. It was mediocre. The rules work well enough, especially for those who also play War Machine. Tyler. Mm Mm-hmm. And they've done a positive thing with their social skills. The character ability used is dependent on how the character is attempting the skill at that time. Want to interrogate by breaking a board and threatening violence? Strength-based! Oh, okay. Want to intimidate by whispering how you're going to cut off the ears of the children? Int-based! Or whatever the GM feels fits. This is also connected to my question below. (coughs) Since I'm still behind on your shows, I don't know you've ever talked about this setting and or the newly released system. I'm catching up on your back-deuce of shows, starting at 2014. (laughs) I'll hit the older stuff later. And differences in handling social skills came up. Uh, Happy Jack's Roleplay Season 11, Episode 16. The question is mainly for Stu. Ha! You thought it would be for Bill! Drink! Part of the excitement of an RPG is the chance of rolling that one. That moment you think you've got it handled when you first crit fail using your relic weapon and you cause an earthquake that almost destroys the airship your party is flying and fighting on. And there's a collective moan from all the players, dreading what the results will be but with smiles on their faces in anticipation. Anticipation. What the fuck is an earthquake going to destroy an airship? I was thinking that myself, but I was right. just going to pass by it. Uh, <coughs> it's very intense, and it's causing the air to create... Uh, yeah, it's uh, causing shockwaves in the air going yes. up from the earth. <clears throat> or maybe the earthquake was 
on the airship. Maybe so it'll be a ship quake. Thing. Maybe it's an airquake. Could have been an earthquake. An earthquake. Maybe it's a shut up quake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're destroying this poor guy's email. That's all uh, right. But this even spills into the social setting. Drink. Stu, you mentioned that you'd. Pre- uh, I'm sorry, Stu. You mentioned that you'd prefer never to use the dice and just RP a social engagement. Yes. And discussion ensued about how characters can be better at things than players, and how you, as the GM, know that and take that into consideration if the player is a bumbling fool, but the character isn't. Mm-hmm. But if you only RP it out, where's the chance of rolling that one? Where's the chance of using your etiquette but accidentally insulting the local noble because you are unfamiliar with the customs? Do you till do, do you still take such possibilities into consideration? Do you want to answer that, or do you want me to keep reading? Um, hmm. I think that would have to come up because there's. I, I tend to I tend to believe that social skills are more like ammunition. It's they're more like research. So. I would say if you did a social skill, it would be before the encounter. Right. Say, what do I know about this local's custom so I don't say something to it? Right. And if you roll a one, I'm going to tell you, oh, well, you know that they always, before they greet each other, shit into their right hand and then and then <laughs> shake, right? <laughs> and, and if the player is a good player, he's going to say, oh, yeah, okay, I'm on it. And then when we go, and then it will transpire that 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 failure will still happen, but it will happen long after the fact. Because I don't, I, I think social roles should inform what happens in the social situation. They should not decide what happens in the social. That's situation. why I think GM should make intelligence and knowledge roles and like lower roles themselves themselves for the, yeah. say, What's your modifier? Right. Here's what you know. Yeah, less metagame that way. That's true. But I think I think if a player wants to wants to role play out a so because there are going to be times where your character is more social than you are. Sure, they're going to know more things than you do. So you say, "I would just like to roll for this," and that's why you get a chance of rolling a one. If you would say, "I would like <coughs> to role play this out," then you just role play it out. Mm-hmm. The chance of rolling a one is when you fuck up and say something stupid. Right. See, I, I prefer it when the, when the player says, "Can I make a Can I make an insight roll to okay. see if how this guy is reacting to my conversation with him?" Absolutely, mm-hmm. that something like that. Go, and then you can alter the, what you're role playing. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's what I. I don't like it when dice decide role playing. Role playing should decide role playing because that's what it's a role playing game. In a board game, you have rules when you you know when, when there's a fight or something like that, and in combat, you have. Right rules for a fight. When can the, can the role playing come into the game yeah. part of it a little? <laughs> That's why. That's why I, I, I go on about that. Go ahead. Okay. While there are many social interactions that don't, won't, shouldn't come to dice, sometimes the important ones should have the role happen. Personally, I prefer, as was mentioned in the episode, giving the player a bonus to the role for their attempt at the RP portion. But adding the role to see how well the character actually pulled it off, especially when there's a chance of something beyond just failure or success, like impressing your subject beyond what you thought, gaining some additional advantage, or not reeling that the sa- or <clears throat> excuse me, not realizing that the sash he wears means he's a lord and accidentally addressing him as some common citizen. Anyway, keep up the awesome stuff. 
Well, I've been gaming for over 30 years, I've done very little GMing until recently, and I'm trying to up my game. Your discussions have been very helpful, and give me lots of food for thought, tips, and things to avoid. Do you want to do a soundboard? Yay! Oh, okay, I got one of them. Of course, it fell asleep already. I'm going to have to fix that. That kind of loses the effectiveness. It's really quiet. Way quiet. Why is it so quiet? Hold on. Is your volume on the iPad way down? Oh, there we go. Hold on. There we there go. And I got this, too. <laughs> How's that for a topper? <laughs> <laughs> that's nice and loud, because that's fucking CNO. Uh, and that came from Brian Weasel Creature Mansfield. Mm-hmm. LBC represent. LBC. He says, P.S., if this is too simple for a show reading, and you just want to answer it in email, that's fine. My tears will stop eventually. <laughs> P.P.S., Plug, one of the members of my groups is writing is a writing contributor who... Wow, I'm having trouble today. One of the members of one of my groups is a writing contributor to Kobold Press's new Southlands setting for Pathfinder. Check it out! PP, P.S. After all that drinking, go pee already. Hey-oh! All right. Give me the urine joke. So, thank you very much, Weasel Culture, for the email. New GM it. starting. New GM starting. I think I think that this is a recent one. I think I threw it in recently. Yeah, it's not as long as some of the others. Okay. Well, I wrote a couple weeks ago from Old Blighty about starting out as a GM, new to RPGs and GMing. All right. Well, we thank you for your service. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I have decided that with my <coughs> mixed schedule, etc., that I'm going to try running a game via PBF, play by forum. I'm going to stick to the Star Wars FFG Age of Rebellion. Can I ask game. question. Yeah. Is anyone run a forum based RPG? I did for a, for I did for a long time. What is the, what is the thing about it? What, what, so how does that how is that methadone for role playing? Uh, methadone. <laughs> well, I mean, you're so, doing it because you don't have a group. I'm assuming, right? Right. So, right. the game that I ran was a vampire game. It was a Vampire the Masquerade, uh-huh. and it was set in Los Angeles. Okay. And uh, it had a lot of players, and it ran for a long time, like mm-hmm. years and years and years. Um, I was the last storyteller. Before it shut down, the last Starfighter. So you're the one that killed it. You can say that. No, no, I no. There's there's a lot of people who would say that because after running it for like two years, I was like, "Fuck this thing." Yep, <laughs> I'm done. You GM but, for more than five players, you burn out. Well, absolutely. What we did, what was, what made this game work is uh, we had we set it up on PHB PHP BB three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we had um, sub forums. For different locations. So there was like a, a forum for the, the Getty. And there was a forum for USC. And there was a forum for whatever. And the players could go into these forums and just start role playing. They could just write what their character was doing. And other characters could go in and freely join that in. And so it was kind of free form in that way. Uh-huh. And then if something happened... You say happened, free form, I say masturbatory. I don't disagree with you, especially that game. <laughs> Um, and then if they needed, you know, like something happened, they pissed somebody off and they wanted to throw down and start hissing at each other maniacally or whatever. Be like, meet me at the USC forum. No, then, then they would, then the- <laughs> anytime between Monday and Thursday, <laughs> then, then they the would flagpole forum. <laughs> that's then- what art school. That was the flagpole. That's where all the fights happened. Sorry. I'm- that's, no, that's okay. But, but then they would, they would pause the scene and they would call for a storyteller and we'd adjudicate all the dice rolls and so on and so but forth. But this could take days. It could, it could. It would, it, you know, a, a scene that would take five minutes in, in normal time because of how often the players are available, because right. of how often a storyteller is available. That 
five-minute scene mm-hmm. could go on for a week and a half. And then on top of that, if there, I would run, and my other, the storytellers on my staff would run, like, official scenes, which were kind of like a more standard play-by-post forum where we would, you know, start up the adventure and then just play it. Okay. And that would kind that would kind of be <clears throat> locked to the people who decided to put their head in the news. You know, we thought the time bubbles and LARPs were bad. Like, oh no, it was it was bad. What's, it, what's a time bubble? Time bubble is where you have like a combat or something that takes that each round is a set number of seconds. So each round is say six seconds, like in D and D, and it ends up taking you two and a half hours to run yeah. ten rounds of combat. Oof. That's on a minute of time that took two and a half hours of real time. Right. So you know, there's plenty of. I have been screwed really bad in game in LARPs by that, where a scene that that should have taken about 12 seconds ended up taking me and the other player two hours to run with a GM. Yeah. Um, in that time, another player saw <coughs> the first round of the combat, ran to go get other people who all showed up just as the second round was finishing and went, well, we're here now. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was an hour and a half ago. Yeah, and, and, and we had to come up with crazy, crazy house rules about when certain scenes started and what you could do as a character if you were in like a combat all of a sudden uh-huh. so it it could be exceedingly easy for you to be in like three or four open role play scenes right like you start a scene on monday you start a scene on monday you start a scene on tuesday you start a scene on wednesday on thursday you start a scene oh my god you just got assassinated well you start you got assassinated cuz the scene from monday is still resolving you got killed on monday so everything that happened on tuesday wednesday and thursday didn't actually happen no 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 this this would be like you got killed on thursday but then you still have the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday threads scenes. are still going because people are posting so slowly. So then you'd have to go back and finish these scenes where you're like, fuck this you're scene, like, fuck, I'm, I'm dead. My character's already dead. My character's already dead. I'm How just... much metagaming happened at that point? Where oh, it was, it was like, well, I got so killed hard. on Thursday. And like, the, and like, by the way, on Monday, I don't trust, I don't trust John. Yeah. No, <laughs> it was, <laughs> if something happens to me, it was him. It was all of the drama that, and I, no, I mean literal player drama. <laughs> That came out of that kind of stuff that just that burned me out. The rest of the game was great, but it was just all that. Oh no, I I'm, I hear oh. you on player drama. I watched um, I watched uh, a, I, I showed up to play again because a new GM had taken over from a guy who really hated, and somebody said, "Hey, come check out the game. He he wants you to play in his game before he comes playing comes to play in your game. Come check him out." And the guy's name was Sean, and he was super cool, and. I got to watch a scene. He actually he actually had me come play an NPC in a scene where one player had worked for an out of game year to kill another character. Wow. So it couldn't be traced back to them and that there was no possible like made sure there is no possible way this guy could get out of this thing. Mm-hmm. And the the GM is running the player through it and the dude flips out on the GM and starts screaming, this is bullshit, this is stupid, this is bullshit. And he says, no, this happened. And he explained, without telling the player who the other player was that did it, explained all the work that went into it, and the guy was still flipping out. This is bullshit. He goes, no, dude, it's a game. But that player drama was a beautiful, beautiful amount of of, fuck, <laughs> of just fuckery to get that guy into that location yeah. and then to have him flip out the way he did. It, it caused him to be banned down. from my game. Oh yeah. really? Yeah, I was just like, you cannot play in my game anymore. The way you reacted in that game, because you're a tool. It wore me down so bad. Yep, just so bad. But so, 
it can work. Um, I would do it very, very differently. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't run that size of a game again. I would run... Uh, because the idea of, of, of being able to write... Because a lot of people can write way better than they can talk. Sure. Mm-hmm. And they can write... Especially because uh, you can write it, type it out, look at it... Erase it, go, change no, it. No, that yeah. sounds stupid. And they, they can get way more into the role-playing aspects of that mm-hmm. because they can, they've got time to plan it all out and it's not sure. off the cuff and, and they get really into it and there's some really strong advantages for that mm-hmm. um, if you can get past you know, it taking a week and a half to resolve a five-minute scene. Yeah, right. So I'm going to stick to the Star <clears throat> Wars FFG Age of Rebellion game, which I know well with its funky narrative dice. Hopefully this will help me get used to the game in preparation for running a full game over voice again. Thanks for the support. Do you have any thoughts on running games online, especially as play by forum? <laughs> How do you keep coming people coming back? We just answered we just, all of these. Didn't we answer all of this. <laughs> How do you keep people See, coming this back? This happens games? when I don't pre-read. When people have to come to your house, I imagine there's more of a peer pressure to come along. In online games, it would seem more likely that you would lose people for all sorts of reasons. How is it best to deal with missing people? How long do you give them before abandoning them and finding new people? I would think if you're doing a play-by-forum thing, you they would have a set amount of time to respond to anything before it's deemed you, you can't respond to that, like a week or something like that. What I, what I did, and this will actually answer this question directly, is I had each player submit, um, like, offline actions, quote-unquote. And it was kind of like a very simple flowchart of what would happen if they were involved in a scene and they were taken away for, you know, a number of real-time days. So it would be like, if I'm in combat, I'll do this, 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 and this. If I'm in a social situation, I'll do this, 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 and this. And then if a scene was going on and it was waiting for them for, like, three or four real-time days, I would step in and look up their, you know, their little flow chart and say, oh, okay, this character says... Oh, look, the toaster is on at home. I have to go and leaves, and you guys are free to keep playing now. I, see, if I was in that game, my only I'd have two a- offline actions. Delete my browser history, burn down the shantry. <laughs> I don't care what clan I'm playing. Those are my two, my two actions. <laughs> Delete my browser history, burn down the shantry. <laughs> uh, new GM unexpected player outcome story. Uh-oh, unexpected. I love these. I don't have a horror story. God damn it. Get my hopes up. I think we just told the mother of all horror stories with my. <laughs> but in form. the first game I played, uh, I don't have a horror story. But in the first game I played, the campaign was set on a remote Star Wars world. The Rebel Strike Team were told that a contact had been lost, and they were to find him. This sounds very familiar. Except it, Empire. it does. <laughs> right. <clears throat> I had lots of NPCs in cantinas local markets, etc., who were able to give them clues as to what might have happened. Hey. So the team worked out that, it, well, we don't have a whole lot of people. <laughs> what we do, we just keep killing. Right. Uh, so the team worked out who that he had been kidnapped by slavers. So they found that the slavers occupied a huge building in the area where he was probably being held. I had in my mind multiple ways to resolve this. They could hack the security systems, shut down the power systems, bribe them. They would need to get some money by doing other jobs. Attack the slavers as they tried to take them off world to sell. I was also happy to flow with anything else they suggested. I thought that they might try and do a strike from their starship like special forces. That'd be cool. So it what would the be. players decide when given all three choices? Direct assaults! Of course! <laughs> <clears throat> you 
Shoot them with the Jedi Killer. They were going to take the slavers by surprise. Yes, this building they had scouted had 80-foot concrete walls surrounding one-meter-thick steel doors. The inner building was 40 meters high with concrete walls and had high levels of security. Inside the wall, they knew the path had been mined and that there were manned cannons mounted on the building, mainly to prevent escape. Yet the party decided that they would scale the walls and go full frontal. Oh, how'd that work out? Please tell me, TPK. Of course, being Star Wars, this resulted in an epic firefight with my party breaking in, killing the slavers, rescuing the prisoner who subsequently died in the exit firefight from friendly fire. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And drawing a hole in the concrete wall. They jumped onto the party's starship, a la Luke (coughs) and Empire Strikes Back, and managed to escape the stormtroopers who had just turned up to capture the same prisoner. Moral of the story, never underestimate how nuts your players are. And apparently how amazing they are at rolling dice to get through that. Right? P.S. Last time I mentioned that I would like one of the women to read it out due to the lovely accents, and I was somewhat harangued about Kimmy Love. (laughs) (laughs) Is it really weird to me that I don't get the Kimmy Love? Is it just because she's a chick? I don't know. At that point, I have to admit, I hadn't even seen a picture of Kimmy, and you have now annoyed me. I just assumed she had a nice accent and was a geek girl into games and cosplay. Then I find out she is attractive, too. My image of her is now destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, darn. This cool girl is also pretty. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know how to respond to that. I don't either. PPS. I also sent you a video of my four-year-old girl having fun playing some very simple RPG. She loves the idea of explaining what she wants to happen and then rolling a number to see if it works. You did? I didn't see an attachment. PPS. Drink. I don't remember seeing an attachment. Oh, look. Am I getting a text? I think a bunch of us just got a text. Wow, the next one is long. I know, it is. It's a horror story. This is going to be in shifts. Holy hell. It's... <clears throat> the next one is longer than the entire show notes. The I rest s- of the entire show notes. I swear, I... I swear I heard a phone vibrate. Mine did. Oh, okay, it wasn't mine. Okay, all right. But oh, I thought like it might have been mine. It was, oh, it was probably because it was under the mic. And oh, okay. A British nightmare story. Sorry, it is very long. From Tony! Hello! Greetings and salutations from the mid-shrouded lands of Britain. Are, are you going to do that the whole time? No. I'll, oh. I'll wear out after a couple paragraphs. Okay. All right. Luckily, there are a lot of carriage returns in this email. <laughs> First off, what a great podcast. I f- and find myself openly laughing on my one-hour cycle ride to work. Okay. That kind of shatters the image of the retired British Army officer voice. Riding a bicycle? No, 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 no. It's it's one of those old style bicycles, you know. That they used oh, to ride like a, around. a penny farthing bike yeah, with like a the, big oh, wheel. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, 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 exactly. Bling, bling. Yeah, the little ching ching. <laughs> Have a drink. It's a long email. I am a member of the British Civil Service, so ex-British Army officer is probably the most accurate accent you can use for this email. The crux of the story stands upon the nightmare player who is ascended to the lofty heights of Game Master when he never should. Our little troop is about 30 people <laughs> who, like some little communist collective, form role-play groups based on specific games, and the GMs normally about five people to, to a game. We play at each other's houses and at the local gaming club. See, they have gaming clubs. In England. Doesn't that sound cool? It does. I, I want a gaming it. club. I know. 
So start one. <clears throat> but what, 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 where? How? Where? Show me the pub in Pasadena that has like the empty room upstairs that we can play at. No, there just isn't one. Right? Yeah. Because that's what they all have there. They only got a spare room upstairs. They got a lot of real estate in England for an island. We have an office. My my work has an office in uh, Wales, and I really? I just picture that. After every day, they'll go to the pub. Right, we're out of here. Let's go to the pub. And they go to the pub every night on right. the way home, and they sit and they have a few points. Well, they're Welsh. They probably do. Well, that's true. <laughs> but, but in my head, that's how I picture it. And, like, and your office is probably above a pub. It, right? it has to be. Right. Well, it has a pub built in. Right. Like that's a Starbucks the, in a bank. That's their lunchroom. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, the friendly pub in the lunchroom. Right. All right. And, uh, our little troops in the gaming club. <clears throat> this player, we shall call him John, is a literate is a literal embodiment of most of the problems you will experience with a group of players all rolled into one into unholy person. His many flaws included, but were not limited to munchkininess. In that, when he was playing, he that he wrote this drunk, or either <laughs> that or I'm reading it drunk. Munchkiness, in that when he playing a new game, buys all the supplements, reads them, and then goes about making broken characters and having the gall, capitalized, so that's <laughs> gall, <clears throat> to complain if the other players have powerful characters. Correct the GM. Whenever he got a rule modifier setting issue, even slightly wrong, often whilst the GM was setting, up, setting the scene. You know... I love that. That's my favorite thing for players to do. When that happens, don't you just want to go fuck off? Yes. I, ju- I just, I swear. Um, I, you're not I, supposed to do that. You're supposed to throw a d20 and add your modifier. Shut up. What I, what I will normally say was that, well, let's let's talk about that after the, after the game. Yeah, it just <laughs> it just triggers an innate <laughs> response <laughs> in me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, tell the other players what they should do, should be doing in combat, what they should say, basically running their character for them. That is my favorite kind of player. When he rolled poorly, he would sulk like a child. When not the absolute center of attention, he would sulk. Like a child. Etc. 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 Take a deep breath and drink. Take it. Take a breath. Take a drink. Read on. Anyway, this horror story comes from when this player decided he was going to GM. Uh, we all the survive. Going to GM. We the survivors call it the Escher nightmare. Oh, this is okay. Punctuation missing. Okay, the game was SLA Industries, a dystopian sci-fi game where players take the part of hitmen slash mercenaries. In the employ of a mega corporation, the aforementioned SLA Industries, slay. it is a slay. Is what it's called. Slaw. Slay. It's, it's supposed to be slay industries because you're a hitman. Really? It's, it's not known, SLA. Everybody I've known called it slay. I've always called it. it SLA. Really? Yeah. And so have I. Huh? Did you ever play it? No. I've I heard people talk about it at length though. Really? All of it was slay industries. Huh? Well, that makes some sense. It does. I don't even know what SLA stands for. You played it. What's it stand for? I Slightly know. lethal assassins. <laughs> <laughs> we almost killed you. <laughs> Slowly lethal assassins. You play turtles. <laughs> it's 
very old game and, to be fair, very clunky and overpowered. The game is combat-oriented and very violent. Death can come easy to characters. On this occasion, we met, as usual, for our Tuesday night game, filled with trepidation, little knowing the sheer terror to be unleashed by our Munchkin GM after an hour vetting process where the characters we we had generated and wanted to play were vetted that's in quotes, by our GM. Basically, he changed and munchkined our characters for us, a process that was both irritating and boring. I love it when GMs change my characters for me. I mean, if he wanted to do that, he should have just made pre-gens. Anyway, uh, we get down... Oh. We get down to brass tacks and started. The game was a simple premise... Break into the skyscraper apartment block, go to the penthouse, kidnap a corporate agent, and return return for loot and XP. Easy? Oh no. An hour later Oh shit. Fucking iPad. An hour later, as every single way of getting into the building was tried, with the GM throwing in powered armored mercenary guarding uh Mercy guarding every door but one. Monsters roaming the halls, impossible to hack, computers, and incorruptible elite guards at every turn, or just simply saying, no, you can't do that with no explanation. We were left with one entrance strategy. The stairwell up 50 floors. Oh yes, 50 floors. The joy of joy. (coughs) What could be worse, I hear you say. Floor one. John the GM. You set off an alarm. Me. How? What happened? John the GM. You just do. There's a noise from above. Roll to see who goes first. Grim mumbling ensues from me and the other four PCs, followed by dice rolling, and the GM draws a map, basically a square with a row... It's doing it again. With a row... With a row of stairs on each of the four sides showing the way up. We are confronted by a horde of bad guys. The overly clunky sleigh system slams into us like an angry drunken rhino. 45 minutes later, combat is done. The GM smiles, rolls the map 90 degrees and says, it's the next level. Oh. Roll to see who goes first. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You want Someone want to continue? The collective bottoms fell out of our world. Players looked to one another in terror. Surely he couldn't mean that. Four of 50 levels later, four 90 degree turns of the map. Oh my God. GM John. Roll to see who goes first. Oh, dear God. I've never seen such terror in players' eyes. As the game continues, the GM, lost in his own world, doing all his crap player bad habits with the complete ignorance of the players. Suddenly I realize he's not going to finish. I needed to escape while I'm doing this. I'm doing this. One of the players picks up his phone, which I know is turned off as he was moaning about his wife calling him, <laughs> puts it to his ear and steps outside, fake talking all the way. Comes back oh, and makes rad. some bullshit mumbled excuse, meeting no one's eyes, and leaves us to our fate. No one else leaves. I guess we were just too polite and resigned ourselves to our fate. We looked between ourselves and knew we were marked men. The battle raged on and on, and finishing about at about level twenty, stopped only by a late time of night. The GM, unaware of the mental scarring he had delivered for a while, <clears throat> delivered while packing up, noticing our sad, haggle red faces. I think he meant haggard faces for the first time and mistaking it for something else says hey guys don't worry we'll do the other floors next week (laughs) next week never happened no a filtering process shut the front door (laughs) (laughs) oh my god 
20 levels. And that's on the same map, too, just 90 just degrees. 90 degrees, right. A filtering process was quickly enacted, and enough was enough. It seems that all the players are equal, however, some are more equal than others. A slow and systematic purge was conducted. All of the awful players for our, cr- our club were invited to join, <laughs> banished to a separate roleplay group, where they lurk to this day, planning and munchkinning in the darkness. They made the Australia of gaming clubs! They totally did. <laughs> they totally did. You're going down under. Ba- back when I worked for Disney doing... Um, player support for for pirates online i used to always submit at our meetings that we needed to build a special server where we could just ban people so their account could only access that one server <laughs> and that we just didn't moderate that server oh <laughs> and we just no let them have man. their own right. server like that and somebody goes that's australia you mean like australia <laughs> i was like <laughs> yes only we can't call it that <laughs> Oh my god, they made the Australia Gaming Club. They did. The crazy bit is they seem to enjoy it there. Of course they do. God love them. Look at all the people in Australia. The rest of us have been happy ever since. We at Happy Jack's RPG Podcast would like to apologize to our Australian friends down under. If anybody from Australia (laughs) wants to to call in and leave an angry voicemail about this, please do, because I think Australian accents are hilarious. Uh, Especially when they're angry. What is our voicemail number? We still have a voicemail number. Let me find it real quick. I know we still have a voicemail number. Or, or female. I wasn't going to be that creepy about it, but yes, a female Australian accent is kind of awesome. Yeah, it's way awesome. Uh, let me find the voicemail number because because if they do that, I want to hear I want to hear those those irate Aussies. I used to I used to play WoW with a, a group on a, a server a long time ago, and we had this one Australian. We had an Australian girl and an Australian guy in our guild, and they'd get on Ventrilo during raids, and I'd be like. Be like, hey, can you can you say something for me? And they're like, what? Yeah. I'm like, say, clam juice, clam juice. I love clam juice. We leave in, we leave in. <laughs> <laughs> and this is to the dude, and you'd be like, uh, clam juice, clam juice. What the fuck? <laughs> Why leave in? Why leave in? <laughs> okay, our voicemail number is six two six six two nine eight RPG. That's six two six six two nine eight RPG. Go. The rest of us have been happy ever since, free from our terror. Well, you made it through the email. You're lucky, for we had to live through it, still wake up in the night, terror etched on our grimmest faces, fear in our now racing hearts screaming, The stairs! The the stairs! stairs. (laughs) All the best, Tony. P.S. Try Hobgoblin Beer. It's a themed UK beer. They even have a special brew made only on the night of a full moon. You can't get more horror RPG gamer beer than that. I've actually seen Hobgoblin, I think. I heard, I was going to say, I heard about Hobgoblin Beer. Oh. I think I'm going to try to revive my horror story gaming blog. You should. Or I get people to send me their stories what and I just it, what, post you, them. There was a URL for that. Showmeyourcrits.com. Show me your crits. Yeah. That's right. I think I lost that, though. You oh, lost, did you? You lost yeah. the domain, but you could set it up on Blogger. Yeah, I probably could. Showmeyourcrits.blogspot.com. Right. I, did, I, just, I didn't put enough into it at the time. I don't think you put anything into it. No, wait. Wait. You did. You did one post where you ridiculed a post that I made on my gaming blog. Did I really? Yes. Huh. It was it was the post where I described um, Bruce's activities, and you <laughs> oh. said this is actually what happened. Oh, I will never forget that. Yeah, it was oh. that one. <laughs> really, that's when I did that blog. Yes, you totally did. See, I don't even remember doing the, that in the first place. You totally did. Like, mm-hmm. I had all these great ideas for it, and then I was just like, I completely lost interest. I I I have a blog, a gaming blog again now. Uh-huh. But what is it? Uh, gibbering dash mouther dot blogspot dot com. So you've really invested a lot in it. 
because you got your own URL and everything. Well, okay, so... <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. So, I, I, there's this whole old school renaissance thing, you know? Yeah, the I know OSR. yeah, yeah. I followed that for a long... I love it. I think it's great. I, sure. I, I love it. And uh, blogging is a very big activity in the OSR. Right. And uh, a lot of the blogs are done on Blogger, and they're named, you know, savevsdie.blogspot.com. Um, you know, uh, it's okay, Gary sent us.blogspot.com, blah, 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 just all these. And so they're all taken from, you know, early versions of D&D. And I was like, well, what would be better for my gaming blog than a gibbering mouther because right. that just sits there and spouts off bullshit right. all the time. So, so is it gibbering, not gibbering? I always said gibbering. I always said gibbering. I think it's gibbering. I don't know. Not to like, gang up. It's on my you. blog. It's gibbering. <laughs> okay. Um, Enough of this gibber gabber. But, but, but I... Uh, okay. <laughs> Point taken. Hardy har. <laughs> but uh, my point in bringing this whole thing up was that I, I set up blogs all the time and I get really excited about blogging and I blog like two or three things and then I forget about it and wind up deleting the blog like three months later. Well, if you mm-hmm. want to be on a blog just go to uh douchey dm DM. and just yeah it's it's when i run there's a lot of there hasn't been anything posted on it probably in months but at times it was very active and it could be again maybe someday but and anything you want to write just write it yeah yeah okay um (laughs) it'll it it, it won't be anything really good i mean Uh, well yeah if you read my blog it's never any good (laughs) and well yeah we'll read douchey dm (laughs) <laughs> it's right there it's right in there uh 88 minutes yeah let's call it should we call it anything else you want to mention what are we going to call it <laughs> hey oh uh you, there's still like uh a few t-shirts left if you want to buy a t-shirt angryfolk.com slash store and also my stupid song thing if you want to buy so- buy my songs i keep meaning to do that and i i don't i haven't Ang- done it yet it's uh go to itunes or google music or Amazon MP3 store and look for Angry Folk Band and you'll find it there. What size shirts do you have left? Uh, 2XLs. You have 2XLs? Yeah. How I, much I, are they? I think. I don't remember. 20 something. I don't know. Oh. I, don't know. I may have to take up one of those double XLs. All right. So, let's call it. Is it going to go? My soundboard's going to fuck with me. Yeah! Well, Listeners of Happy Jacks on PG Podcast Week. Thank you for joining us for Season 14, Episode 12 of Happy Jacks on PG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Tyler. I've been Tim. Thank you for joining us. Uh, next week will be on Friday, 8 p.m. Pacific Time. That's it. Thank you, chat room, for joining us and for your patience in this. And then I'll try to get the computer fixed by next week, hopefully. Uh, that's it. And we'll leave with a song.
us pause in life's pleasures and count its many tears while we also sorrow with the poor. There's a song that will linger forever in our ears. Oh, our times come again no more. Tis the song, the sigh of the weary. Hard times, hard times come again no more. Many days you have lingered around my cabin door. Oh, hard times come again no more. While we seek mirth and beauty and music light and gay, there are frail forms fainting at the door. Though their voices are silent, their pleading looks will say, Oh, hard times come again no more. Tis the song, the sigh of the weary. Hard times, hard times come again no more. Many days you have lingered around my cabin door. Oh, hard times come again no more. There's a pale drooping maiden who toils her life away With a worn heart as better days are o'er Though her voice would be merry to sighing all the day Oh, hard times come again no more Tis the song, the sigh of the weary Hard times, hard times come again no more. Many days you have lingered around my cabin door. Oh, hard times come again no more. Tis a sigh that is wafted across the troubled waves. Tis a wail that is heard upon the shore. Tis a dirge that is murmured. Round the lowly grave, oh, hard times come again no more. Tis the song, the sigh of the weary. Hard times, hard times come again no more. Many days you have lingered around my cabin door. Oh, hard times come again no more. Seating program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.